Hi, I'm Stage and Stage's Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to The Hamilcast. Boots and cuts and boots and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Hello friends, welcome back to the Hamilcast. I'm Jillian and this is my second episode with Mike Anthony. Mike Anthony is the bar manager at the Richard Rogers Theater and he's been working there for over 10 years. And he's one of the best storytellers I've ever met. You probably know him from his gorgeous Facebook posts recounting his hashtag life at Hamilton. They're really beautiful. You can find him at MikeAnthony91. My Mike is also joining us on these episodes and we cover a lot of ground. So check out episode 191 to get fully caught up before you listen to this one. And something to note about this episode before you dive in. We talk about loss, grief, and mediumship. We also talk about fun things like the cabinet coming back to the Rogers for Hamilton and the Broadway Softball League, but I wanted to give you a heads up that we do touch on things that might be emotionally difficult for some. I just didn't want it to come out of nowhere for you. Anyway, all this to say, I'm really excited for you to hear the rest of this conversation. So here we go. Mike Anthony part two with special guest Mike Smith. You know Mike. So we heard about... Your first time seeing In the Heights. Yeah. What was your first time seeing Hamilton? Holy crap. <laughs> and what was it? What is that like as, as were you a bar manager at this point at the Rogers? Yeah. So tell me what that experience is like. Like how much in, because I know that there's a screen like in, in the bar, you know, there's like a TV screen that oh, people yeah. can watch if they want to grab a drink during yep. like the tail end of nonstop or something before right. the, the, craziness hits but like what now that you had had this heights experience with the cup guy and everything right and c jack and lack and tommy and all these people who are now coming back again like right. just walk me through the hamilton of it all i almost i almost did not survive it jillian mm. like so again with hamilton i did not know like i did not know much about the historical hamilton first of all you know like i knew that Same. maybe he was a president mm. And which he wasn't. Nope. Uh, maybe I, I think he was in a duel with maybe like John Adams, possibly, and John one Adams of them. Is like, if only, yeah, Gosh. <laughs> real bastard. Did they not have the Got Milk commercial up in Boston in the nineties, Mike? Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. boom. <laughs> and that was the Vienna Wood Dance in D, one of my all-time favorites. And now, let's make that random call with today's $10,000 question. It's a tough one. Who shot Alexander Hamilton in that famous duel? All right, let's go to the phones and see who's out there. Hello? Hello, for $10,000, who shot... Excuse me? No! I'm afraid your time is almost up. I'm sorry. Maybe next time. Got milk? Yeah, I, I had just very little knowledge Same. of the actual historical situation. Um, all I knew, again, is that Lynn is a genius, mm. and In the Heights was amazing, and the buzz from the run at the public which I you know I hadn't seen it but the buzz around Broadway was unreal you were know? you happy that this whole team was coming back oh my and God, home was to the Rogers but like a few days before we found out that he, they were coming to the Rogers someone in the theater got like had an inside track to this and they came up to me and they are like did you hear 
did you hear? I think we're getting Hamilton. Like it was, it, it, the place was insane. And on the day that we learned that it really was coming to ro- to the Rogers, it, I mean, it was totally just completely electric in that theater. Yeah. People were just insane because, because the, like I said, the buzz was really unreal already just after the, the run at the public. Yeah. So I was at the bar one day and the the two days from that day was going to be the first preview and I was like putting some lights up around the bar and Tim, the house manager, who, by the way, have you met Tim? I don't Tim think Petalina? I've ever met Tim, but I would love to meet Tim and have Tim over. Hey, Tim. If you want some stories, the stories Tim. that Tim has about just Broadway in general, like yes. that man, we went out for drinks one night and I was like, what? Like he know he's been on he's been a house manager for a long time. Tim, we will have fun. Oh if my you're god! Here. His Liza Minnelli story. Oh ask god. him about us. Yeah, he's got <gasps> stories. All right, and he's also just the kindest, sweetest man. Well, we'll be in touch, and if he wants you to put me in touch with them, then please do. Yes, but I'm, I, I'll follow up with you. I will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's really a <laughs> that's great, real. great <laughs> no guy, <laughs> and he's one of the reasons that Lynn loves the Roger so much. I mean, Tim, yeah. Tim is such a great guy. But um, so Tim came up to me and he was like, Lynn um, said that it's he'd like the house staff to to see the uh, show the night before the first preview and I was like oh yeah absolutely so it was me Marie the from the Rudy Gi- Giuliani story it was just me Marie and a few of the swings and that was it the house was empty so we had a choice of anywhere anywhere in the house you know they still had a lot of technical stuff down in the orchestra sure, level yeah. So we sat in the front row of the mezzanine, which are my favorite. That's the seats. best seat in the yes, house. Yes, they are, hands down. And the show started, and I was worried, to be honest, that the hype, that it had been overhyped, and that it was not going to live up to expectations. And within thirty seconds, literally thirty seconds, I mean, I had I had chills. I had chills, and by the time. I don't want to give anything away, but I'm sure most of your listeners know the whole yep. show. By the time Eliza grabbed Hamilton's hand, I oh, couldn't please. breathe. We talk <laughs> about like... this almost every episode during forgiveness. You're talking yes. about in Quiet Uptown. Yeah, for me, that's the emotional climax of, of the oh, show. Oh my god! I turned to Mike on Saturday afternoon, and you were crying every time. I, I think you can't. Your face can't get any wetter. But I turned to you. Uh, just a couple days ago and it was almost I kind of like reacted we kind of laughed yeah. at each other I'm like a water dwelling mammal in that moment it's like we just threw water on our face it's rid- I mean yeah. it's yeah. every time there are times I've made noises where you were like are you alright and I'm like <laughs> yes. no no I most certainly am not alright there was a time where you like m- it wasn't in the exact moment but you sounded like Eliza when she loses Philip no. <laughs> oh, oh yes. god it's a very birdcage yeah <laughs> it was the opposite of the Here's the toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the opposite of woo, woo, woo. But this guy when uh, Angelica and Eliza yeah. meet up again. And it was, was like a quiet moment. So I, it, it afforded me the opportunity to be like, are you okay right now? And you know, I, I, only, I only react because I got, I, Mike was like annoyed at me the first time we saw it where you were like singing with the king and I was like, shut up. And I was like being rude about it. And then Lynn came over and was like, okay, here's the deal. You can sing whenever someone says everybody. So like when the king says everybody, da, 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 da. Right. You're allowed to sing. John Lawrence, whoa. Whoa, whoa, everybody's saying. It's our personal crusade is to spread the word about that. Right, right, right. And at first I was like, I I totally shushed you. I will, I am very honest about that. But if I was making a noise during a quiet moment, usually like we like this, I'm going to say it, the audience at Saturday's matinee, super quiet they've been listening to your podcast they know the rules now no but in in a bad way like crickets during immigrants they didn't cheer for the first Alexander Hamilton it was was Jillian and and me in the back and then we stopped ourselves like oh (laughs) we're not doing that tonight guys alright fine and it's so funny because that 
earlier that day I was editing Austin Scott and he was Alexander Hamilton yeah. at the time. And he's like, so it's funny because I say Alexander Hamilton and then it's on him when he's going to say the second Alexander Hamilton based on the audience response. And he was like, sometimes if it doesn't happen. And I said in the moment, I was like, if you hear like a single woo, it's just <laughs> always me. And it was on that Saturday. And during immigrants, well, I was like, us, fucking crickets. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yes, it was both of us. But crickets during immigrants, I was like, yeah, this that is usually not gets a huge okay. reaction. Yeah, so, so yeah. Proud. I mean, and in the cabinet battles, which you guys know, you just listen to the Austin Scott episodes. But like, G. Wash is talking to the audience. Jefferson Hamilton, they're like telling their sides, "Come on, come on." But like when Kyle Scaliff came down as uh, Jefferson, I was like, why is the whole place not on their feet? Like the yeah. Saturday matinee crowds. Yikes. I know it's Broadway, you guys, but you don't have to be shy. And that's across the board. If you're at a restaurant and there's live music, when you could tell conclusively that the song is over, you can clap. Just clap your hands. Yes. They appreciate it. Yes. My, and you you will do that in Central Park. Whenever a musician oh, finishes Oh, if anything. it's a jazz band, I'm clapping at the end of every solo. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you, you're, you know. If you pass it off to the drummer, I'm clapping, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm inspiring other nearby tourists. I mean, to do you're the, the best person Good to have in you. any audience. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, you can't have this many jazz musicians on the wall and not. That's true. And not. <gasps> I didn't even notice accordingly. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Art Kane's yeah. jazz portrait. Um, so anyway. Yeah. So we so that night, this to say, <laughs> watch, the- watching that show in that big empty theater was just yeah. I mean, I, I was I I was broken in the best way. Marie was literally rocking back and forth, <laughs> sobbing uh, at the end of the show. And 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 when and I also didn't know you know the story of of Eliza. Yes. And when she said, I lived another 50 years like that, I, I, couldn't, oh. I couldn't take it. And then when she told us about the orphanage, I was like, you got, you got to be, stop this. This is right. not fair anymore. And then Alex has those, the little baby. Can I show you what I'm proudest of? The orphanage. I established the first private orphanage in New York City. The orphanage. I helped raise hundreds of children. I get to see them growing the up. Orphanage. In their eyes, I see you, Alexander. I see you every time. And when my time is up, have I done enough? Will they tell the story? Oh, I can't wait to see you again. It's only a matter. And, and we were, and even the swings, you know, we were, I can't remember who, who they were at that time, but we were sitting with three of the swings and the, the, the last, you know, note came down and, and the, 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 the five of us there in that big empty house, like did the best we could to give this wild standing ovation in the gaping Richard Rogers theater. But we were totally, just totally sobbing. And I, you know, it was clear right then. Oh my God, this is going to be 
enormous. Because you went in really as truly cold as someone totally. could really go. The most I'd heard was, you know, in, in some rehearsals out in the lobby. I, I, you know, I heard little bits here and there when I was out working at the yeah, bar. Yeah, out of context. Totally out of context. Yeah, I mean, I it was as cold as you could be, especially, again, with my lack of knowledge of, you know, pretty much anything, but especially... Look, the, you are not alone here on the Hamilcast. Yeah. I, I was shocked <laughs> at what I didn't know, truly, truly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I learned so much that night, and, like, if history had been taught that well, um, you know, and, and we met Ron, because Ron Chernow was around a lot at the beginning, and, and Marie is a big fan of his books, and especially of the George Washington one as yes, well. yeah, I've heard and, amazing um, things. Yeah, I, we were telling him that, man, and his books are so good. They, they're like, they don't read like cold they don't. history. They read so well. And I was like, man, if you, oh, and you do the, you do the, the turnout stuff. Yeah, I, I guess at this point, it's just safe to say I used to. You because okay. now so many people so like many, you want to come over and talk to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just You've exploded. Little, You've exploded. That's I've been, not true I've been assuring listeners for ages now that Jillian's going to. I know. It's just pick because. Pick the book back up and finish. Because I got super ham about it. And I was like, well, I'll. Because I wrote these outlines. Because if I have to teach myself. I have to teach myself the material in in a way where I feel comfortable telling it to other to an audience. Yeah, which yeah. I don't really trust myself because it's not really how my brain works. And yeah. so, if I'm just trying to teach these financial systems that Hamilton wrote into existence, I really need to really get it right. Yeah, I get. And yeah. so, I said that I would have I would publish my like outlines, which started as a joke, but now more and more people are listening <laughs> and now I feel really shy about it all. And now every, you know, people like you want to come over and it's a really big deal. So you are a big deal. No, you know, it's a big deal that you want to tell you when I got <laughs> the message from you that to do this, I was like, what? But we were, I, I said the same thing to you when you were like, yeah. Oh yes. People have been telling me to come over. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like it was, we were both blushing about it. Yeah. I think. M- yeah. Multiple people were telling me you have got to meet Jillian. Well, You've got to so go. Yeah. 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 Um, and now it's clear why. Like after having listened to a bunch of your pot, I mean, I I've been listening for on on you know double time to a bunch of your episodes to try to to try to catch up. And I, I mean, it's very clear to me why this is working. You know, I oh, mean, oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, ha- Hamilton is this amazing thing, right? Like Lynn Lynn Lynn's thing is a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece of his brain. But you know how like like tuning forks, right? Do you know tuning tuning forks? It's like a it's this little device, and if you tap it, it 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 rings a certain note. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. And if you bring it's the big the silver kind of me- yes. yes okay. the metal yeah. And if you bring another tuning fork into the same space that's that's at the f- same frequency, mm-hmm. it'll start to vibrate all by itself as well. Well, taught me about the sympathetic oh, vibrations sympathetic right? vibrations yes oh my god yes so what i wanted to say to you in listening to all of these podcasts is if anything about this amazing beautiful incredible thing lights you up it's because that's what's in you i mean that wow. is why I, I, I mean this is a masterpiece of lynn's brain and you are a masterpiece of the universe oh, truly this is truly both of you both of you, you. and thank and you. it's no surprise that you and hamilton get along so well <laughs> truly oh thank you very much that well, yeah. that really means a lot to me very, it's true oh, and i hope you apply that to yourself mr anthony and perhaps that will oh. help you with your imposter syndrome yeah. yes. <laughs> because you too are a masterpiece of the universe yes. oh well I have some questions for you about... Why don't we take a bathroom break? Yeah, you want a bathroom break? Shh, I do. Sure. Great. That would be great. Mike's on board. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? You're the guest. Would you like to go first? No, you go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. Right. 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 Right.
believe I'm saying this but during the 100th episode of the Hamilcast now I think you're going to be episode in the 190s wow it's crazy but for the 100th episode we had a Hamilton house party which was anyone who was invited anyone who was on the show before or was like basically had a a scheduled date was invited to come over so in the middle of December when everyone's the busiest yeah it was just let's come hang out and so a ton of people were on uh Javon McFerrin Lexi Lawson Eddie Lee Emily Roney um, Annalie Craig, Lauren Boyd. We had a really, really great time. How fun. It was super fun. Emily Roney, however, talked about how the Richard Rogers Theater may or may not be haunted. Oh. And scared the shit out of everybody. Am I gonna freak Lexi out if I do it? Do it. 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 Ghost stories. Please tell me there's a ghost in her room. The stories you tell, the things that you hear from people that have been at the Rogers before, because it's, I mean, that's how we find out about our ghosts or those who are hanging around the Rogers. I was told that there's someone there who, to leave her mark, leaves lipstick wherever she goes. On teacups? No, <laughs> not on teacups. Unrelated, but on the walls, just randomly. And there were there was a time between between paint jobs in Justin Cephas Jones's room where lipstick would show up on the walls, <gasps> like in a lip, like as a like some like lipstick print, like she kissed it. Like, just just a wipe. Oof. Not even not like a full. It's not gonna be like a full mouth print, right? I mean that would have been amazing, <laughs> but ghost mouth in shades in shades that no one in the show wears. What? <gasps> like what color? Oh. oh my goodness! In just like richer, richer reds and stuff than anybody in the show wore. Wow. Oof. And after they painted the room, they showed up in the same place. What? So. I, That's wow. crazy. I'm pretty convinced. Oh my god! <laughs> do you, so do you think it's Mariah? <laughs> no. Oh, you no. just think it's some other. Ghost? I think it's an actress. Oh, okay. It's a theater ghost. Yeah. Theater ghost. Got it. Yeah, she came to the territory. She didn't move in because. Got it. Got oh. it. Has <laughs> somebody told you the story of? Oh. What? Tell me. What is what her is name? That? No, no, no. We have a, a little photo of her on the wardrobe door. Um. Last year, at one point, George was repairing a railing in the house and pulled out a old playbill That's stuffing right. from the show. I can't even remember. But it was at this performance, the role of blank blank will be played by Marion. I think her name's Marion. Yeah, I think you told me Marion. And so they looked her up. They Googled her name. And that day, her funeral service was taking place. No! She had died that week. What? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. oh my God! Ghost of Christmas Past. Yeah. yeah. Christmas. Oh, awesome. oh my God! 
That so is we have awesome. we have a little picture of her hanging on the wardrobe door and a sign that says, Don't haunt me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you have any stories about if the Richard Rogers Theater is haunted? What's up with that? Yeah, I do not personally have any, but uh, about a month ago, uh, a guy named Joe, who he he's sort of the door guy in the lobby of the Richard Rogers, mm-hmm. um, and he, he shuts the building down a lot at night. So mm-hmm. about a month ago, he was the last person left in the theater, absolutely the last person, and he was shutting down. So he literally has to go through the entire theater, back of house, up to the dressing rooms by himself to make sure that nobody's left. And he was coming off stage um, down into the house Mm -hmm. and he had turned the lights off. So he's, it's almost pitch black. It's just like the running lights and to his right. So from somewhere in the middle of the orchestra, a scream happened, like an actual blood curdling scream. And then he screamed and he turned on his flashlight very fast on his phone and there's nothing there. He was literally the only person in the theater. And then he just, <laughs> he ran out of the theater. Um, so that was the most the recent. Him. I know, right? Hill. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. what? Yeah. Three other people have told me that they have seen another uh, friend of mine, Rosie, who, who uh, stays back to clean the theater. Yeah. Uh, she has seen a woman walking uh, up in the back. And, uh, and and they're she's nice, I guess. Is yeah, she, like, she, Rosie says that when she sees her, she just goes back down to her thing and picking up her like she just won't pay any attention to. She tries to just ignore. I, it. I'm totally, I complete as much of a realist as I am on, on so many things like traveling and planning and editing and whatever. I also completely believe that there was a woman walking by Rosie, like a hundred percent. Like yeah. she says it and she felt it. Cause I've seen things and I've felt things before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one of my favorite Facebook posts that you have mm. is about a friend of yours that you said who, who, Bought, who you who you believe bought you a drink? This was unbelievable. So a, a whole other part of my life is um, I've been working on this documentary about the possibility that consciousness can survive the death of the physical body. Because about eight years ago, my dad passed, mm-hmm. and then I had this experience with a a medium, you sure. know, a person who claims that they can talk to our deceased loved ones, like the Long Island medium, for instance. And I was a skeptic. Like, before I became an actor, I was going to be a high school science teacher. You know, that's the cool. that's the road I was taking before, before this part of my life happened. So I've always had, you know, I believe in science and the scientific method. Mm-hmm. So this woman was coming to, my, my sister had hired a medium to come to our house after my dad passed. And uh, I was going to, like, test this woman. So I was like, Dad, if this is real, if this is really the real deal, this woman that's coming tonight, I want you to mention my hair. I want you to mention my hair. And I said that because my hair is like just this very average hair. You know, there's nothing. It's not as awesome as Mike's hair. It's just very average. Oh my so uh, anyway, I said, I want you to mention my hair because my hair is just very average. And when I was a little kid, I would beg my dad to, to play with my hair at night to help me fall asleep. Like, you know, the poor guy would do it until his hand was aching. So it was just sort of this personal story. So this woman came over and she does this reading in my mom's living room. And it's it lasts for a long time. And everything she's saying is like really accurate. And I was like, what's happening here? And by the end of it, like, we're all in tears and everything. I mean, my dad had just passed. And then we're, like, getting ready to leave. And and she looks right at me and says, he wants to talk about your hair. And she even did this thing with her hand, like, playing with my hair. I was just going to say. And I was like, what? 
I mean, it it really, uh, it, it in my in an instant, it changed my life. It really, it was like this paradigm shifting moment because it felt like there was the likeliest explanation to me in that moment was that she was somehow getting information from my dad somehow. I didn't know how, but that's what it seemed like. So anyway, I, I ended up calling that woman back a couple of years later and saying, listen, I want to make this movie about you doing this, but I, I want it to be with people that I bring to you. So I know there's no way you can Google anything or you can hire private detectives, oh, cool. you know, to look into people or anything like that. Like I'm going to have cameras rolling and I'm going to walk strangers in and I want you to do readings. And she immediately said, sure, I'll do that, oh. which was a big risk on her part. So anyway... I've been doing that uh, for the past like five years, and, and what is the project called? Well, it was it was initially called the end question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was doing that, uh, one of the women um, who was in my movie, a woman named Leslie Kane, who's this amazing uh, reporter for the New York Times, and she's a, um, a New York Times bestselling author. She had written a book called Surviving Death. Um, you know, she's like a real hardcore journalist and her word is her livelihood so when i read this book of hers i was like wow if this woman is saying this stuff is real she had all of these amazing experiences um there's got to be something to this so i had her in my film and then um during that process we can't mention the platform yet but a major platform uh decided to make a six-part documentary series based on her book wow and they've folded in part of my my story into that so so yeah that'll be airing sometime i think uh about a year from now probably so that's a congratulations moment yes yeah Even it's, you can't it's say the platform congrats thanks so much Very yeah nice. i mean it's 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 all leslie's you know it's her it's it, it's it's her it, her book that got this all to happen but yeah it's it's really um gonna be fascinating it'll be a six-part thing and uh the stuff that i've seen over the past year and a half um, traveling all over the place with Leslie uh, has totally, utterly blown my mind. Yeah. Like the the universe just does not work the way that my science teachers told us it worked. It just mm-hmm. doesn't. There's way, way more to the story. There just is. And this will explore some of that. So anyway, this friend, this post that I wrote about my friend, very unexpectedly, my friend Razik passed. Um, this is hard to talk about because he's just, th- he was, he's very young. And uh, he had just turned 50, and he's the great, the nicest, the kindest guy that, that other than my dad, that I've ever met. And um, he, his career was just taking off, by the way. Like, he, he had done, um, he had just done a, a scene with Robert De Niro in a film, and, and he was the kind of guy also that nobody in his life knew that. He told one guy that we work with about it, and... Uh, he told us that we were not allowed to talk about it because other I work with a lot of actors right a lot of my a lot of my bartenders are are actors and people in the arts and people struggling to make it and Razik felt badly about sharing his successes with people who who were struggling to attain that like that's the kind of a guy he was if I was in if I just did a scene with Robert De Niro I would have come here today with a (laughs) t-shirt with my a picture of that scene on it, I, I would be knocking door to door saying, "I uh, just wanted you to know, stranger, that I was in a scene with Robert De Niro today." Right. Like mm. I, you, everyone would know about it. Razik was the opposite of that. Like the most humble, awesome, yeah. amazing, amazing guy that I've ever met. And then uh, we got this shocking message one day that he was found in his apartment and he had he'd passed. Um, <clears throat> so we were all in you know um despair and and trying to work through that 
crazy, crazy thing. It's so bizarre when you have someone so full of life like that. And he was also just this big guy, like, you know, physically like six feet tall, just this amazing guy. A couple of nights before he passed, we had a birthday party for somebody, a friend of ours. And Razik was always buying me drinks. Like, he just, he never let you do anything for him. He was always doing stuff for you. And my birthday had been in January, and this was in February. And he was like, hey, I, n- I never got you a drink for your birthday. And yes, he did. He did. But he was insisting. He was like, I never got you a drink. So he insisted on buying me this glass of wine. And um, and then I was like, fine, but the next one is on me. And he's like, oh, actually, um, I'm, I'm not drinking. And he, he had stopped drinking, which, you know, I think he maybe was feeling something was not right in his body. So he just, he bought me this drink, and we hugged, and then he walked out of the of the bar and and that was the last time that I saw him so <clears throat> at, at the Rogers during intermission I, I've worked on Broadway bartending now for 12 years and this has never happened uh, a man came up to the bar and you know we do pre-orders if somebody wants to order a drink that's waiting for them in intermission you, you, you pay for it when you get there and then we have it waiting for you on the side of the bar but bars. I don't think people know they can do that yeah they, they don't say, yeah hey, like I'll see you at intermission so right just, right right you just pay in you pay in person and you say this is I'd like this to be ready at intermission exactly yeah oh, yeah wow. and we, we don't have a whole lot Asking of space so it, it <laughs> not a whole lot of people do it um but we get a few every night so this very nice man uh, in his 50s, came up by himself and ordered a, a, a two glasses of wine, one for now and one for intermission. And I was like, okay. And I, and I said, what's your name? And he said, Razik. And, and I was like, Razik? I, I had never heard this name before other than my, my friend Razik. Razik is Indian, and, and it's a name I'd never heard before. And uh, he said, yeah, R-A-S-I-K. He spelled it out for me. And I was like, oh, wow, I, I have a friend, Razik. And I, I said nothing else about it. And I, I even, I, to Marie, I was like, Marie, this, this, this man's name is Razik. And she said, oh, wow. And, and that's all that we said. So I write his name down. And then intermission happens. And again, as always, it's insane, right? So I notice out of the corner of my eye that this man is standing at the side of the bar. And I can tell that he is trying to get my attention, and this like hurts my heart to this day. Like I remember even feeling a little annoyed. Like, oh man, this guy wants something. There's something wrong with his drink. And I'm like, you know, I'm frantically trying to make everybody's drinks. So I, I noticed him and I was like, did you, did you need something else? And he was like, no. And he, he motioned for me to come over. And I was like, oh man. So I finished the person's drink and I, I went over to him and he slides the glass of wine over to me. And he says, I actually bought this for you and your friend. And he pointed to Marie. And I was like, What? He was like, yeah, I just want, wanted you guys to have this. And like, again, this has never happened in my life. And I was stunned. It like literally stopped me in my tracks in the middle of intermission. <laughs> and I was like, Marie, this, this man, Razik, just bought us this drink. <laughs> and uh, he walked away. And by the time I got like Marie's attention, you know, he was halfway gone. And um, yeah, so that was that story. And I shared that with his family and they were similarly blown away and his sister told me that it was really special because his name he was not born r-a-s-i-k it was actually spelled a more traditional way which i I can't remember what it is right now razik changed it to r-a-s-i-k when he was like of legal age to do that and this man spelled it to me letter by letter r-a-s-i-k and walked away and uh i could not help but think that this was, you know, from him, 
you know, yeah. he, the last thing he had done while he was physically in a body was buy me a glass of wine. And then I get this glass of wine from the stranger who's named Razik. Now, not long after that, for this documentary series that you're going to see, um, I was doing a reading with a medium, and of course, there's no way for the medium to know who I am. Like they, you know, it's a total secret who the people are going to be. And in the middle of it, she's communicating with my dad the whole time, and it's extraordinary. And and then she says, "I'm sorry, I have to stop. I have this man here who has to say hello to you. He's like so nice, and he does not want to break into this reading. He knows this is here. This is your dad's time, and he doesn't want to do this." And she she like was getting emotional about how how nice it he was, and she was like, "But he just has to break in here. Um, he you worked with him. He died very fast, and you worked with him." And I was like, "Oh my god!" And and I I, I can't you know remember that I, I can't get into too much of that because I, I don't know you know i'm not allowed to say too much about that yet but uh it was totally mind-blowing you know i mean just totally mind-blowing yes <laughs> um thank you so much for sharing that yeah i much. apologize that i kind of i feel like i sprung that on you and i no, i, I thank feel you so free much to for, spring no um, for telling god it's like i i you're so good at, at at writing stories, and then when you say them in the moment, it's almost. I remember the way you phrased it at the end of the story. It was such a it was such a perfect period at the end of the sentence, and you just said, "I, I feel like my friend just bought me a drink." Yeah, or, I yeah. think I think my friend might have just bought me a drink yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it was just like it was just perfect. Before we were recording, which is something I also wanted to talk to you about, and peeps, we're getting to you. I promise, Patreon peeps. But like, you you said that. Um, you you write all these stories the facebook posts they're not stories because they're actually things that happen to you so you you just write these posts on the train on your way home right and um you didn't you were just so writing what was in the moment but to have the the backstory of what you said you know we didn't know in that in that post the last time you saw your friend and so it just it it hit so hard in what you wrote and now i'm sitting here um like needing a tissue you know it's yeah. just you're an incredible storyteller whether if it's on the page or not oh thanks or well. in person um but i just w- wanted to yeah i mean you don't have any time at the rogers i guess to to take notes or write down what you're gonna say like i mean maybe before the show right and then you have the whole what almost first act we spend most of the first act um getting uh getting like restocking the bar so by the time the king comes on for the second time we're we're getting ready to open up you know the the so so the last song of the first act when he's saying you know why you know why do you write like you're running out of time you're running out of time i was listening to this in the car recently and i was Mm -hmm. like why am i feeling so anxious right now (laughs) and it's because when that song's happening like we have to have our pre-orders you're actually running out of time we're actually running out of time like (laughs) we're making all of those pre-orders that people have ordered beforehand all of our ghost friends and whoever Yes, have bought drinks yes, like, yes, we're, yes. we're making the drinks and everything so yeah we don't have a whole lot of time um during the first act when is the bar closed at the rogers for the first act we stay open uh, actually the whole show like there's always somebody around so okay. if, they, if somebody wants to come grab a drink i mean we're in standing room which at the rogers you're right you're right at the top of the stairs you don't have to climb over anybody so i could zip down to you guys get yeah. my refill and be back yes yeah in, yeah in less than a quarter of a verse yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you, you can see the last whoever is playing hamilton i'm not throwing away my shot 
bum of nonstop and still be the first in line yes. at Mike's bar. Yeah, but I yeah, also yeah. don't want to annoy you guys yeah. if you guys are busy restocking. No, no, it's totally fine. Although when anybody does come during the first act, I'm like, what are you doing? Are you Get doing? back in there. Uh, uh, yeah. There is genius happening 20 feet away. Get yeah. back in there. These tickets are not cheap, sir. No. <laughs> I don't even want to ask because it's just going to make me... You've never had someone had it order a drink during Yorktown, right? Don't even tell me. Don't even tell me. It's like just... Just don't tell me. I know. I've been listening to you, and I know that that is your favorite. When when that's it's like telling me Mark Ruffalo is a piece of shit. Like, don't, I right, just don't no, want to hear it. I don't want to hear no it. No one has ever said a word. The theater is silent during that number. Totally Perfect. silent. Yeah, that number, though, you're right. Like, and, and the first night, also when, when Washington came out the first time, here Do comes the general. Starstruck? Oh, my God. We were like standing up. We were like, oh, my God. This <laughs> oh my is amazing. God. Yeah, he's going to cut you. Like your shirt in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm to comb through your hair. Stand up straight. And of course, it was back. Chris Jackson. Do, oh, Even oh, if Chris I Jackson mean, walked into the room, I'd be exactly. like, you guys, shoulders up. Come uh, on. Chris yes. Jackson, come on. I'll tuck in my shirt for you. Totally. Any day oh, and this is a total non sequitur. I know we're talking about something else right now, but the, the night that Chris was doing his final show <sighs> as Washington. Oh, God. I can only I, imagine. The, the, again, the meta aspect of that when he was singing one last time. Yeah. Oh, my God. And that was a time, again, when the audience, it was like a 10-minute. It was insane. Yeah. And Chris was like, I'm absolutely, it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. He, he was just so powerful. And, and, and it, it was sort of like, you know, Obama walking out onto that stage, like I was talking yes. about, like shouldering all of that. Chris just shouldered that moment, and it was unreal. Though, in reviewing the incidents of my administration, I am unconscious of intentional error, I am nevertheless too sensible of my defects not to think it probable that I may have committed many errors. I shall also carry with me the hope that my country will view them with indulgence, and that after 45 years of my life dedicated to its service with an upright zeal, the faults of incompetent abilities will be consigned to oblivion. As I myself will soon be to the mansions of rest. I anticipate with pleasing expectation that retreat in which I promise myself to realize the sweet enjoyment of partaking in the midst of my fellow citizens. The benign influence of a good laws under a free government, the ever favorite object of my heart, and a happy reward as I trust. For mutual cares, labors, and dangers, one last time. George Washington's going home. Teach him how to say goodbye. George Washington's going home. Yeah. Are you ready to take some questions from the Patreon peeps? I mean, I'm nervous, but I, I think I'm ready. <laughs> yes. Patreon peeps, wonder powers, activate. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> if I were Shockwave, this would be much more impressive. Yeah. 
And Patreon peeps. Dear Alexander. You guys are rock stars, man. I'm just going to say before we get into that, like, I'm a bar rescue fan. Yeah. And he always tests his new concept for the bar by having a stress test. Yeah. I think they do that in Kitchen <laughs> Nightmares, too. You guys live in stress test mode. Like, right. you, have a, you have two stress tests per show. Right, right. <laughs> Everybody has to is in a hurry. Yeah. yeah. No, it does take a certain personality type to do, to do our job. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've never had anyone that wasn't, like, amazingly nice to me right. either. So it's like... But you're also amazingly you can, nice, too. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't stop them at, at Dwayne Reed from giving me a hard time. Mm, no. <laughs> Are you, are you paying $16 for a white wine at Dwayne Reed? I don't know. So the fact that you guys can keep a sunny disposition in spite of all that, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing to me. So yeah. so shout out to you and, oh, and thanks, to the entire man. staff. It's oh, true. With that, appreciate true. that. Thank you. And I do just want to say the peeps are so, so, so excited. So many of the Patreon peeps know you. They love oh. you. They have not only met you, but they really, they just follow your your stories and your your uh, Facebook posts. And so you there's a oh, lot that, of love coming at you. That's so beautiful. Right back at them. <laughs> Alicia's asking, did you win the softball tournament? <laughs> Hi, Alicia. Uh, sadly, we did not. Now, So I think this is what, our fourth season? And we've been in the uh, championship game twice. Uh-huh. That first season, we were undefeated, right? You know, you know, we were doing so great. The New York Times is writing stories about us and everything. Because you did say undefeated till the end. Till and the I, end. I didn't jump then... on that, but I was thinking, what is... <laughs> yeah. mm. Then we lost to, you know, the uh, beautiful. Our nemesis was always beautiful. Huh. Yeah. This is like like the JMI, the James Monroe, Iglehart, Nick Walker feud, where it's like it's just the purest rivalry. It's yes. like our nemesis, beautiful. It's just like a bunch of just lovely yeah. Broadway people just trying to so awesome. go outside and just right. You <laughs> do, know do the sports for a couple yeah. hours a week. The beautiful thing about playing softball in the Broadway show league is that you know the pe- people are so creative. When we finally lost in that first season, I think it was to Aladdin, and. Actually, James may have been with Aladdin at that time. I can't remember, but um, playing playing the yeah the genie, genie. and uh, they did this beautiful video about beating us. And if you you know, <laughs> I Google remember that. that. I totally remember that. Yeah, it was so brilliant, and they just yeah threw that together in an afternoon. How does a Broadway softball co-ed team win every single game since they burst upon the scene? Sweeping up the Tonys, eight a week, bring down the house. Show up to Central Park and lose their streak to a mouse. The ten dollar make you holler when you win the lotto. Swung a lot harder and ran a lot farther. They brought the cheer squad and even with the team startup, they were ballin'. By the end, they seem to find themselves downtrodden. And every day from here on till the next game, they'll train and wreck their brains about a game they should have slaughtered. Inside of every heart of all the other show league teams sparked a dream of a shot to see a finals victory. The game is now changed, no undefeated reign. Every team is now hunt, hunting for the title claim. Gonna lace up nice and tight for the start and playoff game. Not throwing away their shot for the trophy with their name. Well, the word got around, they 
said this team can be beat You can hear the shouts across Midtown of Hamilton's defeat This is their first loss ever, will it end up a repeat? Broadway League will never be the same! It's just a game, man! Aladdin just beat Hamilton Wait, what? I said Aladdin just beat Hamilton Could it be the world's turned upside down? Just you wait, what's their fate? Probably 2016. It feels like it's actually remember that montage in a in a league of their own where the peaches were really just killing it and Dottie Henson <laughs> and so Dottie Henson was like the the player to beat and she caught she like caught a fly ball in a split. Yes. And someone in the racing bells was like, I can't do that. I feel like <laughs> everyone is doing splits and catching. They literally are sometimes. Like, yeah, or like literally. Cartwheel. Like Eliza Omen's yeah. doing a cartwheel and just like grabbing. Like, literally sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Softball, but make it Broadway. Yeah. One thing before I say anything else. My first time listening to this audio, I winced when I heard myself say that I told Mike, my Mike, to shut up about singing along with King George. That is not what happened. You know the story of Mike wanting to sing along with KG3, and I admit, I totally shushed him in the moment. I absolutely shushed him, but I didn't tell him to shut up. It just sounded really harsh in the conversation when I heard it back, and I felt bad about it. So, sorry about that, Huzz. But look, we all know how that story ends, so it's all good. Okay, next week, Mike Anthony is back for round three, and we're all over the place, but I say that in the best way possible. Mike shares some more emotional stories about the beautiful, beautiful souls he meets at the Rogers. We're talking what he'd serve the actual Alexander Hamilton and Hercules Mulligan if they walked up to the bar, and uh, some cautionary tales about why you should always, always triple, quadruple check the time on your tickets. But until then, I'm out of here. I'll see you over on Twitter, right? Thank you so much for listening. You're the best. I love ya. I'm G.Penn. is brought to you by my love of the thing, TM, and my complete lack of chill. Please join me in raising all the glasses to Sir Alex Lacamoire for generously making my intro music and this custom Yorktown arrangement that I will never, ever get over. Thank you, thank you, thank you. To become a Patreon peep and get the chance to ask questions to guests, get tons of behind-the-scenes access, and join the best, kindest, and most welcoming corner of the internet, go to patreon.com slash thehamilcast. I love you guys. Thank you. Hashtag Team No Chill. I'm at The Hamilcast on all social media, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Residuals is my web series with my husband, Mike. You know Mike. And can be found at theresiduals.tv. True Crime Obsessed is my true crime comedy podcast with my podcast soulmate and Broadway royalty, Patrick Hines of Theater People and Broadway Backstory fame. Thank you again so much for listening. It means the world to me. To the revolution!